inside, Kempe dishes in front, another sliding catch saved by Fleury, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizada sliding, catch save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Rolling right along here, hour number two, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. The big news of the day, Marc-Andre Fleury traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Golden Knights moving on from Marc-Andre Fleury, heading into this offseason with some newfound cap space. What will the Golden Knights do with that? That remains to be seen. But all that being said, today's program is about you. We want to hear from you, your reaction to the trade to the news of Marc-Andre Fleury getting traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Lou. Lou, how you doing? Oh, man, after listening to you guys for the last two breaks, I had so much material I can't even get to it all. Holy crap. <laughs> I, we're going to go with Joe Torrey and, and, and Jason Zucker being the, the answer. Tony Amani, I, wasn't he oh, the man. kid that uh, pitched in the Little League World Series? Uh, he was like 20 years old. That was Chris Drury. Oh, 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 oh. No, Danny, 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 Almonte. Almonte. Danny Almonte when he was 20 years old. Yeah, Sorry, I mis I misunderstood. Same, Same thing. This is just hey, this uh, is a, a Mad Libs of cultural sports references of the last 25 years. <laughs> hey guys, you know, uh, look, I, I wasn't happy to see Flory go, and and I've lived here for 59 years, and I've got to tell you. I've, I've seen Elvis come and go, the Rat Pack, uh, sports-wise, uh, you know, the Rebels, national champions, Jerry Tarkanian. Um, there has been nobody that I've seen here that has the level of celebrity and love that, uh, that Marc-Andre Fleury has. And I think that that's, you know, a big part of the reason. I mean, you know, first pick of the team and everything else, that everybody's so wrapped up in this. Um, but, man, it's... it's it's still a business at the end of the day. I mean, I I bought a Flurry jersey, and I've never bought a player jersey in my life. And when they picked Flurry, I went out and bought a Flurry jersey. So, I, you know, I was all in. I was committed. But, you know, today I didn't want to see him go. But I also, you know, kind of see the writing on the wall. And, and it, it makes me a little nuts when I hear these people saying that, you know, Leonard's got to come in and prove himself. I mean, it's not like the guy's coming over from the KHL or something where you don't right. know what you're getting. The guy's a hell right. of a goalie. Yep. Uh, you know, stop with he's got to come in and prove himself. What, what, what else does he have to do? I, I honestly believe if somehow Jesus came down and was in net for the Golden Knights to replace Flurry, people would be pissed <laughs> off because he's not going to do the job Flurry did. I, it's just insanity. And, and Lou, a couple of people have said I understand what they're what they're getting at when they say that if there's you know there there won't be Flurry to fall back on. Again, we need to recognize how unusual the goaltending tandem situation for Vegas last year, last couple of years, has been. To have two actual number ones, Robin Leonard's not worried about who's behind him if he fails. He doesn't intend to. Like anyone who's a true number one wants the net. So there's not a consideration for you know the pressures on Robin Leonard. No, he's he's an NHL number one goaltender who's going to have number one status. Like I'm sure. I'm going to say he's happy that, that he doesn't have the tandem with Marc-Andre Fleury anymore because it sounded like that partnership, both as, as players and friends, worked very, very well. But he's not un, yeah. he's not going to be uncomfortable at the base of that the, that the, the target's on him now. Like, no, that's 
that's what all of these guys want. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, to, to your point, the guy's a professional. He's he's not a guy that's you know been playing in front of fourteen hundred people in Poughkeepsie or something before. Now he, he he's here. He's going to you know take the slings and arrows if, if they come his way. He's going to take the accolades when they come his way, and they will. And uh, you know, I, I I hope you know Flurry. I, I I wish him the best. I, I hope he retires actually, because I like seeing him retire as a knight. But uh, if he plays another year, I get it too. And uh, as much as it bums me out that he's gone, um, you, you, you can't win on, on sentiment, you know, sentimentality. You, you've got to put a good team on the ice. Yeah, you know, Lou, and, and thank you for the call. I, I think that's the, the, big, the, the big point here is that you have to be evolving and changing and growing your team. And when you look at Marc-Andre Fleury, you look at the year that he had, it was a career year. It was a fantastic year. But you have to bet on him duplicating that or at least being close to to where he was last year. And I think that's kind of the big thing for, for me in terms of going in, in a direction with your goaltending. You've got a guy in Robin Leonard who's locked in for four more years at $5 million average annual value. That is a good contract, especially in a cap, in a flat cap era. And it's something that I think the Golden Knights were looking to do in terms of kind of turning the page and passing the torch to that next guy that's going to be the goaltender of the future. So it, it makes sense on a lot of different levels. It's hard to see Marc-Andre Fleury go, but when you look at it from a dollars and cents point of view, and when you you look at it from just a, a, a time perspective in terms of the age of Marc-Andre Fleury and the age of Robin Leonard, it seems like this was the right time to move in that direction. And the Golden Knights and Kelly McCrimmon made a big decision. They're never easy, but they're necessary, especially if you are going to be the general manager of an NHL team whose objective isn't necessarily to to put the most popular team on the ice. It's to put a team on the ice that ultimately wins a Stanley Cup. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Stephanie. Uh, we're how doing are you? okay. So, um, first off, I want to throw in there, I agree with Chapman. You guys deserve new phones because Chapman works his butt off managing them. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm really you. sad and I'm sad mostly just for Flurry like I I mean I grew up in a military family so I know what it's like to kind of move you know at the drop of a dime like you just kind of and find out well you're going to move you're going somewhere else so I you know my heart goes out to Flurry and his family and I'm sad for that but I'm trying to look at it in the same way that when Gallant got fired and they brought in DeBoer that you know, I have to trust in that the management knows what they're doing and has a plan and, you know, hope that this ends up for the best, you know? Yeah, you know, Stephanie, I, I mean, I think that that's obviously kind of the lens that, that you want to view it as because you're a fan of the team and, and you want to see this team ultimately succeed. I think that we're all in in terms of being fans of sports, in terms of being fans of of a team, Ultimately, you want the joy that goes along with uh, a Stanley Cup. You want the joy that comes along with a championship. And while it, it's hard to see players come and go, the ultimate uh, the, the, the ultimate thing that you want as a fan, I would imagine, is to, to win. And, and for this front office, this is a, a move that's designed to ultimately make the team better. And I think when you kind of reduce it down to that, 
and you kind of take emotion out of it when you can, I think you understand that this trade is probably the one that, that impacts the team on the ice in terms of position players the least while creating the most cap space. Yeah, and I also, I mean, it, you know, it, there's never a good time for it, but I also feel like doing it now before the season has started and it's not like a mid-season trade or they're having to adjust to it, you know, he's there and then the next game he's gone. I think, you know, it stings and it sucks, but there's still that, you know, month-ish until the next season starts up. So it, it's there's there's at least that adjustment period that the fans get, that the team gets, that the coaches get, that everybody gets to adjust to Flurry being gone and being sad about it. And and with that, Stephanie, it's, it's – there's been enough discussion. They didn't have to make a move. They could have brought both goalies back. It was probably on the table. But there's been so much discussion about there. there's going to be some sort of move that if it's going to be hanging over everybody's head that something has to happen, that's that's probably not something you want to bring into training camp unless you've completely put it behind you. So you're absolutely right, especially on the eve of free agency. This was the, this was the best time to do it to uh, – to, for the cap space, for the length of time between now and training camp, and to put yourself in the best position to to make the best decisions during free agency that you can when there's going to be uh, a lot of moving pieces in a, in a pretty short window of time. Yeah, and I mean, they, we've known for a while, for, you know, over a season really, that it, this wouldn't last forever, that we can't keep two number one goalies with a $12 million cap hit. <clears throat> so I almost feel kind of like we got lucky that we got to keep Flurry for another year because I feel like just the way that it was all done, that it was eventually going to be. They, what McCrimmon said, you know, they were looking for the next number one goaltender, and they've decided that that's Leonard. And I, you know, I I feel confident in Leonard. Like I, there's loving Flurry as a person and as a goalie doesn't diminish anything that Leonard has done because Leonard is a great person. He's stood up for a lot and spoken out for a lot of people and brought mental health awareness and, and done some great things. And he's a great goalie. So, you know, it, it's like y- you can be sad and happy, and it, it kind of breaks my heart seeing some of the takes that people are making and mad at Leonard when he didn't, like, he didn't have his hands in this. He didn't cause this. He's just trying to go out there and be the best goalie that he can be, just like Fleury is, just like every goalie and every goalie anywhere really is trying to be. So... You know, I just I want the best for the team, and I want the best for Flurry. I don't I don't want to see anybody fail. I want to see everybody get their potential, and I want to see the Knights win a cup. That would be awesome. All right, Stephanie, thank you for the call, and I think uh, your point is, is well taken in that Robin Leonard just was. We, Robin Leonard came to the Golden Knights, and he played right, and he played himself into a contract extension, and he has played himself into exactly what he has earned from the Vegas Golden Knights. And and you, you, you look at that, and it is the decision of management to make this choice, right? And and when you look at Robin Leonard and when you look at Marc-Andre Fleury, it, it's not Robin Leonard uh, in terms of, of placing blame. There's no blame to put here. It is just a player that came to a team played incredibly well, played himself into a contract, and all he has continued to do is is go to bat for this team and be big in, in games that he needed to be. So I, I, I just think that you look at this and you say, Robin Leonard has earned every bit 
of the starters net for the Golden Knights moving forward, and, and I think that, that that's really the way to look at it. And I'll tell you what, Ryan, I don't think we have to look that far back in the rearview mirror to find a, a sort of comparable situation to this league-wide. Mm. Not exactly the same, because above all else, it's, it's Marc-Andre Fleury coming off a Vezina-winning season. That, that changes the calculus a little. But think yep. back to last year when you talk about how could they move on from Marc-Andre Fleury, face of the franchise, fans love him, all valid emotions for fans to feel. The Rangers yeah. bought out Henrik Lundqvist. Yep. If you would think that there was anybody who would retire in the same jersey and had the right to, to call his own departure for a team, there's a few candidates, and one of them is Henrik Lundqvist, who was basically a uh, you know a compatriot, a colleague within the league of, of Marc-Andre Fleury, the two of them and one or two others in the top echelon for a decade and a half. And the, the Rangers said, well, we've got Igor Shesterkin and we've got Alexander Georgiev and we can't move the other one. And, you know, it's just it's time. It's not going to be popular. And it wasn't. It's not going to be an easy thing to uh, to logic away. And it wasn't. But they just felt it was time. And, and they did. And, and for that reason, now, Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be a, a, a Hall of Famer easily. He's beloved by the organization. But lining up dollars and cents and age they just say you know what this is the time and you know no one has to agree with it or feel good about it but it's i i find it to be a somewhat comparable conversation hearing fans talk about i feel like we've we've heard this same line of of uh of reasoning and debate and frustration in another context fairly fairly recently yeah your your comparable is i think bang on because uh while while you look at Henrik Lundqvist and Marc-Andre Fleury and, and you look at the impact that both have had uh, within their career, just in hockey in general, but also with their team, the longevity certainly is there for Lundqvist, uh, more so than it was here for Marc-Andre Fleury in Vegas. But I, I think impact and, and really being a part of this community is, is very much uh, the same. But, you know, the, the thing that I would, I would say is in, in, Igor Shesterkin, like you've got a goaltender that is is very young and is still relatively unproven at the NHL level. Mm -hmm. I think where the Golden Knights come out a little bit further ahead in that comparison is that you've got an 11-year veteran in, in Robin Leonard who has been very, very good for those 11 years. So um, it's a very, very good comparable, but I, I would even give the edge right now to the Golden Knights just in terms of kind of bridging the gap into this this new era, so to speak, because you've got a guy that's been around and has, has carried the workload at the NHL level. They're, they're, handing, they're, they're handing the reins over to the kind of goaltender that they'd want to go out and get. The beauty is they already yes, have them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 100%. Now let's head back out to the phone line, 702-876-1340. If you'd like to join us, uh, let's go to Bill. Bill, are you there? Doesn't look like... We had doesn't look like we have Bill. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Todd. Todd, how you doing? I'm good. How about you guys? Doing, doing good, right? Todd. Yeah, I'm a three year season ticket holder, and I, I wasn't happy about the news. And I know Leonard's a comparable goaltender, but um, you know Vegas wouldn't be where we are, honestly, if it wasn't for Flurry over the last four years. We've had a lot of players come and go, and some of the players they've brought in. You know, first-line players, what have they done for us so far in the last couple seasons? They haven't got us anywhere closer. And if it's true that they signed a no for six years for $6.5 million, 
That doesn't make us better. He scored one goal in 23 playoff games this year, and it was against us. So how does that make us better? And the way they do, you know, some of the players dirty. Holla, Gallant, and now Fleury. And, and, you know, I'm a union carpenter. I'm building Silver Knights Arena. I'm a hard-working person. I, you know... I agree with some of the stuff people said. It's getting expensive to take a family to the to a game, and it, it it shouldn't be about. This isn't really about Leonard. All right, you guys work for the Golden Knights. The fans, we work and support the Golden Knights. Okay, so that's why your opinion might be different than some of ours. You know, so, well, and I'll, I'll just I'll, leave I'll, it at that. You know, that's it. Yeah, Ryan, I, go, go I, ahead, Ryan. You first. Yeah, first and foremost, I, I don't. I don't work for the Golden Knights. I work for Lotus Broadcasting. I look for. I work for Fox Sports Las Vegas. So um, that's kind of first and foremost. Uh, secondarily, uh, in, in terms of you know looking at Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone and, and Alex Petrangelo and some of the well, the, I'm not the including players. Petrangelo because this year you can't really count him. It's his first year, well, he and was, it was a COVID he was year. Absolutely. All right. Well, right. So but he was, he I'm, was just, I'm just dominant. saying, you know, you guys Talk. always talk about this trade got us Pacioretty. Well, Pacioretty's inconsistent. He really hasn't lit anything on fire here, in my estimation, you know, and, and that's yeah, just I, my I opinion, mean, you know. Yeah, and, and I understand that, and you're entitled to your opinion 100%. I, I would just say that in, in looking at those players, I, I would argue that, that Max Pacioretty having career years with the Golden Knights is, is not coming into a situation and bringing nothing to the table. And you can't say it hasn't gotten them any closer, Todd. I understand well, the did frustration. he get hurt at the wrong time of the year? This year? I mean, it, and like last year, too? I mean, well, sure, think about but he, co- he comes in, yeah, Todd. But he comes in and has and is a point per game in in the ne- in the first seven playoff games that he plays. Like, I, I understand the frustration with a player getting hurt, but you can't, you can't really put a predictor on that. Really, like, it's it's a tough break sometimes. Or that he came back hurt and and had an unbelievable series against Colorado. Like I, the, yeah, the, Montreal, exactly. the Montreal outcome is frustrating all the way around. Absolutely, and and, and players are going to need to. Uh, overcome that for next season. But to say that it hasn't gotten the team any, any closer or put them in better position, you know, Todd, I, I understand we'll the frustration. See. We'll, this, see. This t- we'll see. Todd, this Todd hang on, Todd. Come, come, come to be. Todd? But right now, I don't see getting rid of Fleury uh, at this point. It, it seems to me, you know, as a true Vegas homebred, first home team ever in my life, uh, it would have. I would have liked to have seen him try to restructure a deal to keep Flurry around for a, a year or two extra yeah. at a lower you, price, you so he could retire here. And you know that, as a fan, we all would have liked to do that. And I, I know that's not always business. All right. Well, that's that's not that's not possible within the NHL structure of how they do contracts. You can't. Well, restructure they did a it deal. this year. You know, with paying with, them both. Who? Seven the Knights. They managed well, to, well, yeah, yeah, to yeah. be but, able to keep saying, both the goalies on the roster this year. They, well, they didn't. They didn't restructure anything. They just had no. I know they didn't restructure anything. I, I know that. Yeah. I'm Todd, sorry. Todd, you know, I, I just you know I, I listen to you guys daily. Sometimes I I can't listen because it's ridiculous. You don't talk about hockey much, but you know this is uh, 
you know, I appreciate what you guys do, but this is an honest, true fan that cheers his ass off in T-Mobile Arena 30-plus games a season with my family there by me most of the time or friends. And, you know, I, 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 we all want to see the Knights win. And, you know, like I, I notice this is going towards Leonard a lot, but I love Leonard. I got nothing against Leonard, you know. I'm just curious to see what, what is going to go forward in the next two weeks to make us a better team than, than what we were at the end of this season. And, and I guess that remains to be seen. It does, Todd, and that's that's what needs to be found out. And that's this deal was made, largely we can deduce, to open up space. Now, what do you do with the space? That's, that's where the, the job isn't done. You know, and, and again, yeah. for, for the frustration, I hear the frustration. I totally understand that because fans want to win. But also, we're talking about deals that have gotten the team back to the Western Conference Final. There are teams that haven't been to a conference final in decades. So right. although it hasn't, you know, the, the fruit hasn't been produced that you want just yet, I get it. A four-year window is small. And let me also say, like, the team hasn't gotten any closer. You were in the cup final in the first year. Like, how you can't get any closer. So <laughs> any trade... Any trade or, or move that brings in a top-line talent, if it doesn't end up in a ring and a parade, is going to feel like it has diminishing returns. I get that. I understand that. And I also understand the, the connection to Marc-Andre Fleury from a fan perspective. And that's why, Ryan, us having the, you know, taking all the phone calls today, you don't have to have a, a pie chart to justify with data the way you feel. No, you're a fan. Feel the way you feel and tell us about it. That's, that's healthy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why we're doing that. That's why we're here. But there is a flip side of, of trying to really have, a, I, I guess in some ways you'd feel like it's a devil's advocate, but th there's a debate to be had. Like, okay, well, it was done. It wasn't done for no reason. Why was it done? And that's what yeah. we're fleshing out. And there's there's a, a logistical argument for why this was done. We'll find out if it was the right thing to do. But you understand why it took place, and you don't have to like it. But there's a sound plan behind it. There is. Yeah, for, for you and I today, and in, in, in part opening up the phone lines, it, it's, it's for us to rationalize, right? It, it's for you and me, Brian, to rationalize. It's for you and me to try our best to be the voice of reason, to, to understand that there are reasons outside of, of emotional uh, ties to why this decision was made. And, and it's for us to kind of bring the emotion out of it. It's for you all of you fans, all of you listening, all of you calling to have your opinions, your thoughts, your feelings. And, and it's for us to try to, to understand what those are and figure out how we can help in, in trying to understand and make sense of this. This trade is, is a trade brought about in order to bring some cat flexibility. It is a trade that is brought about to try to improve this roster so that they can ultimately win a Stanley Cup. We know winning is very, very difficult in this league. Only one team gets to do it, and there's 32 teams now that are hunting that trophy down. So it becomes very, very difficult to get over the hump at times. And I think what you saw from the Golden Knights in terms of this offseason going into next year is that having... $12 million in goaltending and being that close to the cap put you in some tough situations in key games in the regular season and by the time you get deep deep into the playoffs all the miles that you had on some of those legs turned out to to kind of 
leave you without gas against an opponent. And and for the Golden Knights, to me, this is an opportunity to see what they do in the next couple of days to improve this team. And once all of that dust settles, then we can look at it object- objectively and say, are the Golden Knights in a better position? We will find those quest- those answers out shortly. But right now, it's it's about the the emotion. It's about your opinions, your feelings, your reaction. And, you know, to be honest, I think that this has been one of those situations where we're getting calls and we're, we're working through and fleshing through, uh, fleshing out some of these these ideas and these concepts. And they're tough to react to and tough to deal with. But that's all part of the process of being a pro sports fan. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury out with a statement that just went out on, uh, on social channels uh, from Marc-Andre Fleury, quote, I want to thank all the amazing fans in Vegas and my teammates for four incredible years together. You embraced me and my family from day one and made playing games at the Fortress one of the great joys of my life. We will miss playing in Vegas very much, but I am grateful for my time in your city. End quote. So an emotional day for both sides of the spectrum, no question. Um, but, you know, again, it's... Uh, I think we're all eager to see what, what's next for Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, of course, traded to Chicago. There's been uh, some speculation of whether or not that's where he will want to go. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Ryan, if he does, uh, with all the emotion we're hearing, and uh, it again, it's, it's, it's healthy to hear. The Chicago Blackhawks make their first visit to the Fortress on January 8th. And if Marc-Andre Fleury isn't a Chicago jersey that night, uh, fans of a certain age might remember what it was like when Eddie Jacquemin went back to Madison Square Garden as a member of the Detroit Red Wings. Boy, would I be interested to see what the atmosphere of the Fortress would be like as fans get an opportunity to say hi to, uh, say thank you to Mark Andre Fleury in person. Should that, uh, should that date uh, materialize? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Brian. That is one that as as the the weeks unfold and as we get a clearer picture of what Marc-Andre Fleury will do next, that is a date that will certainly be of interest for Golden Knights fans. Let's try to sneak in one more phone call here. Uh, let's bring in Peter to the program. Peter, how you doing? Uh, looks like we do not have Peter. Thank you, Chapman. Appreciate that. I guess now <laughs> is probably the best time. Uh, to, to take a break and, and we're going to reset. We're going to get into kind of our thoughts, our opinions on the trade. We'll try to get in a little bit of uh, Kelly McCrimmon's press conference earlier today to, to get to why the Golden Knights decided to make this trade, because I, I think understanding the why will certainly help in terms of of really assessing this one. But right now we've got an opportunity to win tickets to the nba summer league we're going to take caller number seven you've won tickets to the nba summer league monday august 16th it's a pair of tickets to the summer league caller number seven 702-876-1340 is the number you are a winner we're back with more on the vegas golden knights insider show fox sports las vegas Interact with the guys on Twitter. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the VGK Insider Show. Moving along, hour number two, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Ryan McCormick, special guest co-host today, and as you know, per usual with Brian, um, 
Monster Newsday. Monster <laughs> Newsday. I, I don't know how you do it. I really don't. But uh, you seem to come through with the monster news every single time you're on the program. We might just kick Darren Millard out uh, indefinitely so that you can be on this program bringing all the news. I think it's just the hockey god's way. They find out that Brian's working on Tuesday. He's like, oh, let's give him an opportunity <laughs> to step in it. <laughs> that's, that's actually a great way of looking at it. <laughs> the The two hours fly by, though, so we've got that. So thank you, uh, a sincere and honest thank you to everybody that did call over the first 90 minutes of the program. This was about you. It was about your reaction. It was about your opinions. And, and right now it's it's up to Brian and I to kind of put a bow on on this entire thing. It's up to us to try to put a bow on on Marc-Andre Fleury being dealt to Chicago and, and really kind of provide the context uh, from from a, a, a more, I, I guess, devoid of emotion perspective because that's kind of where you and I fall Brian it's not that we don't understand the emotion it's not that we don't understand or we can't meet you there it's emotional for us in terms of of the relationships that we build with players it's it's emotional for us in terms of what we see these players put out on the ice night in and night out uh, but just the, the the way that we try to look at these things is from the organizational perspective. The way that we try to look at it is is how does this or can it make the team better? And, you know, in, in doing that and listening to Kelly McCrimmon earlier today speak to the media, addressing the decisions for making the trade, kind of the, the you know, how everything kind of unfolded in terms of the leak hitting Twitter before Marc-Andre Fleury and the Golden Knights had an opportunity to talk after the trade call. There's a lot that, that went into Kelly McCrimmon's press conference earlier today. And this, we hear from Kelly about if he's happy with the way the entire situation earlier today was handled with Marc-Andre Fleury. One of the things you open yourself up to when you, uh, when you share information is that information might, uh, uh, might go elsewhere, might be used differently. I, I think as time went on, uh, we felt that was happening. So we tightened up our circle uh, a little bit at the end. But at the same time, I knew all of that going into it. And uh, it was more important to me to be open and transparent with Mark andre than any potential risks there might be by making that circle bigger uh, than what you might ordinarily. So I'm... Uh, uh, really comfortable with the way we chose to do it. And uh, uh, that was a conscious decision that I made uh, again immediately uh, following the season. So just in terms of that, like uh, the big news, I think, going into the press conference was was that how Marc-Andre Fleury learned he was being traded. When when Kelly McCrimmon got to the, the media press conference, he had mentioned that there was a discussion on the exit interview about not really knowing what the future holds for the goaltending position for the Golden Knights, that the, this has been a trade that's been worked on by Vegas and Chicago, and that Marc-Andre, his representation, were, were made aware of, of the interest with the Chicago Blackhawks. So, uh, you know, in terms of that, this is something that's been in the works for a while for Vegas. And I think that's what a lot of, uh, not even just fans, just people across the hockey spectrum, when you just read in uh, black and white ink that uh, Marc-Andre Fleury found out on Twitter, it makes it sound like he's sitting at his kitchen table eating his Cheerios and, you know, finds out uh, that he's moving. Uh, as Kelly McCrimmon uh, spelled out, and, and again, I'm sure Marc-Andre Fleury at some point will, will talk about the timeline uh, himself, but, you know, this was a, a move that 
apparently was discussed several times from several directions and again as recently as a couple of weeks ago so you know just from from what we're hearing today while it may be true that Mark Andre Fleury saw it on Twitter before the phone rang that's as Kelly McCrimmon said because well the the business was not concluded yet to call him on you know just as when a team has an announcement to make they don't uh, start scheduling interviews on that announcement no the announcement has to come out first so uh, in that sense, did Mark Andre Fleury see Twitter this morning before the phone rang? Very, very possibly. But was this morning's Twitter release the first he'd heard of the topic? Does not appear to be the case. And again, if that's if that's such, then Mark Andre Fleury maybe he didn't know it was going to be done today, but he had to have been aware that it was a very realistic possibility, and that this uh, you know, tis the season for things like this to get done. Yeah, and and if you you really. You know, if you're looking at that and saying, well, surely it's not possible, surely uh, it's not possible that that this information would get out prior to the trade call being uh, be taking place. All you have to do is go back a week. All you have to do is remember that Frank Saravelli essentially gave us the Seattle Kraken at 1230 uh, ahead of the expansion draft. So these well, the, you have a lot of insiders and that we'll- are working hard to uncover news that's we'll see this tomorrow too we will tomorrow's free agency day we will have uh, we will see elliot freeman talking about who's going where three hours before the teams tell us themselves uh that's that's just an element of the world we live in and uh where the information comes from whether it be uh teams players themselves the agents involved you know these Mm -hmm. these things don't come out of nowhere it's it's these and it's always the same three or four journalists who are the ones telling us and that's their job and the people who give them the information want them to have it but you know that's usually going to be the reason why players don't find out through the traditional channels every single time the traditional channels uh are are now the uh the one of 20 channels and you know the information is going to flow more freely than it ever has before and that sounds like what happened this morning yeah i i you know and it's interesting because in terms of that press conference because that was was really kind of what was going on in terms of, of social media, in terms of Twitter. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon was asked if he, in this situation, right, it, it, you're the guy that's trading Marc-Andre Fleury. Are, are you the bad guy in this situation? Kelly McCrimmon did speak to that. These are hard jobs, and uh, you have to make tough decisions. And, um, you know, I, I just uh, really feel it's always about what's, uh, what's best for the organization, and that's what I'm trying to do. You know, Bill had a really special relationship with Mark Andre. I, I do not suspect that's going going to change uh, moving forward. I know that you know they were they were very close. Bill uh, Bill thinks uh, thinks the world of uh, of Flower, and I know that Flower has a great deal of respect uh, for Bill. But uh, you know, again, for me, you know, I try to do what I uh, believe is in the best interest of the of the Vegas Golden Knights. Every decision that we make is uh, is based on the same thing. Yeah, and and that's. Kelly McCrimmon's job, right? The the job of the general manager with the Golden Knights is to make this team as good as possible going into next season so that they can challenge and compete for a Stanley Cup. And again, this is one half of what's to come, right? We we know that the Golden Knights have moved some ca- some salary cap space in order to do something over the course of the next couple of days, maybe the next couple of weeks. They, they're, they're looking to bring in a backup goaltender for Robin Leonard. They are looking at potentially re-signing Alec Martinez. And then beyond that, there's still some money, there's still some wiggle room, there's still opportunity for the Golden Knights to make them better. This is a move that allows Vegas some flexibility going into this offseason. And I think this is going to be, well, 
Well, I guess we'll find out. This can be a, a helpful exercise that will make you feel better. Might not do anything <laughs> for you at all. But I think it's useful for, for some perspective, especially we've had a, a few of our phone calls today, uh, fans talking about how uh, you know the, the money they spend to come to the games and they're attached to the team and they love individual players and it seems like those players are always the ones uh, who, are, who are moving out. Understandable frustration, disappointment. You have emotional attachment to players. That that's a that's a real thing, of course. Look at the look at all thirty-one rosters, not counting Seattle, and look at their roster four years ago. I think you're going to be surprised just how much tremendous turnover there is of who's on that roster now and who's on that roster then. Four years doesn't seem like a long time. But I think right now, if you look back to the expansion night of the VGK, there's five players now, I think, that, that uh, or, or with UFA still pending this uh, this summer, that are, are still around from that expansion team. You know, every team goes through a lot of roster turnover. It's the reality of a cap world and a reality of some of the hard decisions that Kelly McCrimmon was talking about. doesn't make it fun, but... In four years, you're going to say goodbye to a lot of players you love. And one of the things I've learned since I've come to Vegas, I haven't heard about too many players that the fans want to run out of town. You know, the fans are pretty pretty <laughs> fond of most of the of the roster. And, you know, making moves requires the coming and going of players that you're attached to. So, again, today's allowed to hurt if that's how you feel. That's, that's okay. But if it gives any help for perspective, most teams you look at four years ago you might see three names, four names still on that roster. Everyone else has come and gone somewhere else. The reality is it feels like the the players you love are always the ones coming and going. It's because it's true, but I think it's because the fans love this team so much. It's not it's not calculated that these are the bodies that have to go. It's the fact that in a four-year window, a lot of bodies go. You know, I think you, you bring up a really good point, Brian, because right after this happened, I got a phone call from my mother. My mother, of all people... <laughs> <laughs> who, who couldn't care less about hockey until the Golden Knights arrived in Las Vegas. And I, I kind of feel like my mom speaks for a lot of the fans. One day we're going to have to get her on the show. She can tell bad stories about me. But uh, <laughs> she, she called me, Book it. And, and, and she was very upset. And I had to explain to her that this is a business, and, and this sometimes it's, it's very hard. At some point... I mean, I grew up idolizing the 86 Mets. I am a diehard New York Mets fan. And one by one, the pieces from that 86 Mets team went their ways, whether they went to the Dodgers or they went to the Yankees or they went to other teams, the Phillies, it didn't matter. Expos. Yeah, that's the way it's going to happen. And and I feel like we have a very knowledgeable fan base here in this city. I think we have great fans. And I feel like they get unjustly treated poorly by fan bases of other cities, mm-hmm. they now have earned that status of being a quote-unquote true hockey fan base because they've lost the Stanley Cup. They've been crapped on by other fan bases. They've lost series in heartbreaking ways. They've lost series to teams that they should dominate on paper, and now they see the face of the franchise traded away. It hurts. It hurt me. I mean, I, I'm one of the biggest Marc-Andre Fleury guys in, in the media. I love the guy. But it's business. And you have to separate business from personal, from fandom, because sometimes it's just a harsh reality of being a sports fan. Your favorite player 
is going to retire at some point. Your favorite player is going to leave via free agency or trade. It happens. It's a cycle. And who knows? The Golden Knights, we know they're going to go out and spend money. We know they're going to go out and do something. So let's not judge this until we know exactly what the plan is, and then people can be angry. Be angry if you don't like the free agent signing. Chris, the, the, the true hockey baptism takes many, many dunks in the water, and this is another one of those. You're absolutely right. Uh, but again, on, on a day when, when Alex Ovechkin signs a, another contract in, in Washington, who thought that that would be fourth or fifth down the newsreel today? Ice, <laughs> but ice on a baby. day when that happens, on a day when that happens, you realize how rare it is for a player to stick around in an organization super long term. Yeah, it's it's not something that that happens often. I mean, you you know, Brian, you mentioned that that Wayne Gretzky had been traded twice. Like this is a, a league where, you know, you you have to operate now within a salary cap, and there are are certain restrictions that that kind of. Uh, inherently puts on an organization, especially an organization that one spends to that cap and two intends to win. And and you know, in, in terms of some of the calls that we got earlier today about what is coming next for the Golden Knights, about next season being uh, a, a Stanley Cup or bust type of season, I view every season the Golden Knights have right now within this window to win as Stanley Cup or bust. That is where this team is in in how it's been constructed in the contracts that have been handed out. Uh, I I look at this team, and, and they're right there in terms of contenders, and they're right there in terms of expectations every single year. Ultimately, any hockey team that takes the ice has one goal in mind. That's to win the Stanley Cup, and it's not real. It's not like this trade has really changed that opinion for me. The Golden Knights are in that window where they've got players in their core, in their prime, and now's the time to win. And you know, it, it's it, you phrasing it that way just made me think of this from another perspective as well, which is, you're right. This has been. This team has been in win-now mode since the trade deadline of, of the of the inaugural season when they realized that they were a win-now team. It's been win-now ever since, and, and that's not going to change now. You know, think of today similarly as when you make the deadline deal for the top-notch scorer you need, but a first-round pick and your top prospect go out the door as well. It hurts, and you want to see that young player become a Golden Knight and, and have him for the next 20 years, but that's the cost to get what you think you need right now. This is kind of the same from the opposite end. It's a player you love. It's a player you wanted to see retire a Vegas Golden Knight. But in order to get the cap space they needed to operate in a win-now mode and to hand the reins over to someone that they think is going to be a foundation for a longer period of time than Marc-Andre Fleury would have been, this is the deal they had to make. On the one end, you send out your top prospect and you send him out into the world and we'll see what he becomes somewhere else. On this end, a beloved elder member of the team you're cutting ties with a little earlier than you would have wanted to but it's what Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee think is the move to help this team win right now and maybe even keep that window open a couple years longer yeah and and that's really what it boils down to when you are an organization that's looking to win when you have a window it is within everybody's best interest to try to either improve and fortify that team or find a way to increase that window. What Kelly McCrimmon ends up doing next is going to be kind of the, the big piece of, of, of information that we're missing. But right now, 
in, in understanding the, the decisions and understanding the reason why this trade made the most sense for the Golden Knights. It is just trying to rationalize something that as a fan can be very, very difficult to wrap your head around when the emotional attachment to the player, a player like Marc-Andre Fleury, is so strong and so important to this, this city and this franchise and this organization. Hopefully we've provided a little bit of an outlet today for you to get your opinions, your thoughts, your feelings out there in a way that's beneficial for everyone. We're going to take a break and we're going to wrap it up with the the brevity of catching up with Chapman next right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wrapping it up here, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Thanks to all the callers today for airing their grievances and opinions about the Marc-Andre Fleury trade. But right now, let's catch up with Chapman. Yeah, big, uh, if, if you have been watching the Olympics tonight, Erica Sullivan, a swimmer from Las Vegas, Nevada, born and raised, swims with the Sandpipers. Man, that, that program is incredible. They have like five Olympians at the Sandpipers. They train right here at Desert Breeze Park, I think. So, uh, But she's going in the final of the 1500. She'll be up against Katie Ledecky in that one, who will be racing earlier in the evening, but... Uh, I'll be pulling for Erica Sullivan. Found out she's Japanese-American. So, obviously, with my wife being Japanese, we will be pulling big time for Erica. Go Olympics. Hey, Brian McCormick, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. Another good news day. Maybe next time I come on, Elon Musk will have an expansion team on the moon. (laughs) There it is. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas.